and boom goes the dynamite. It is Sunday night, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with a new, br- with a brand new episode of the Boom Fight Game, one of Fight Game Media's top two AEW podcasts, along with the Dynamite Show. And of course, we have the host of the Dynamite Show, Jeff Hawkins and Paul Fontaine, here with us tonight. That's right. Before AEW Revolution, we did a one-hour live pre-show. You can go watch that on the Fight Game Media YouTube right now. And we wanted to bring them back to kick off the boom and just get everybody's thoughts on the AEW Revolution. Guys, what are your what are your initial thoughts? What is your knee jerk reaction to the show that just ended six minutes ago? Uh, you want me? Okay. Uh, I, I will say that I think it, overall, like top to bottom, this might have been the best in-ring uh, pay-per-view that they've ever done. Um, I had seven matches at four stars or better. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, there, there, it wasn't without its issues and we'll get into them. Yeah. Uh, for me, the only match that I had any issues with work wise was the ladder match in that, uh, there were so many instances where guys were just standing in the ring, not doing anything with with an open ladder or, you know, just setting up a ladder and moving away, that sort of thing. I thought that was a little poorly done as something that kept popping up. But, man, every match was good. I really enjoyed every single match on this card. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I have made go. this point. Here we go. I, well, I have mm-hmm. made this point before. There is a strong jam band instinct in this <laughs> company where... It, it, we're watching the string cheese incident do a 18 minute song when it could have been six. And, and, and that's my only, that's only my, well, that's one of my two issues. I, I, I really like this. Let me say this strongly. So nobody parses my words in any way. <laughs> yeah. I really liked this show a lot. Yeah. I loved quite a bit of this show. I didn't like the main event. Really? <sighs> I loved the main event, Jeff. Why didn't like you like it to hit me with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, number one, just too many finishers kicked out yeah. of for my liking, and that's that's just me. The crowd obviously exhausted, and part of my enjoyment comes from mm. the crowd's enjoyment as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I just think they miscalculated that uh, that Adam when he tied the hand to the top rope. Yes. Because they thought that was going to get I hated a dusty, that. dusty Rhodes type of reaction mm-hmm. where, oh, he's finally mm-hmm. going to get his. And, he's, and to me, I'm watching that going, why are we allowing this in a professional yeah, wrestling Yeah, I was match? like, Adam Adam Page should have been disqualified for that, 100%. Yes. That yeah, should have been that, the end of the and, match. And, and, and James, that'll throw me off watch, watching yeah. a show where It takes you out completely. Well, not only that, but before that, they had Red Dragon move a table to the side of the ring. And I'm just yeah. like, what is the use of having officials here mm-hmm. at one point? I understand the ECW-ish type of thing where it's mm-hmm. like anything goes, even though it's not an anything goes match. See, but- in my mind, I, I let that go because neither of those guys are in the match. And then you knock somebody off. The- like, I get that. But just Adam Page taking off his belt, tying his opponent up. And again, this is a throwback to something that was done to him. 
but this is a world title match. There Damn. are rules. He broke them. That should have been the end of the match. Here's the other weird thing about that is that when when they brought down the Dark Order to break things up, he shoves Alex. Yeah, well, I missed that. And, 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 and that just made it even more murky for me. I, I mean, that. maybe it's the start no, of getting I... a dark cowboy type thing. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I'm just watching it going, well, that made no sense. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of dark cowboy. He came out as the exact opposite. I was like, man, this yeah, is the most baller Mardi Gras outfit I've ever seen. It's he, a week too he, late. Did you just call his, it the electric uh, his, horseman? Yeah. That's his great. Tights, uh, did That's they not great. look a little young buckish? His tights? A little bit. A yeah, little, little bit. bit. So, the colors yeah, highlighted the, the extra flair, the fringe. Yeah. So I, I, you know, what's funny is, so I, that was my match of the night, the main event. And I actually, gave, too. I, I actually gave it five stars. And mm. like, for me, like I'm into that style. Like it's the total NXT takeover main event total is what that was. Match, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm a WWE guy, you know, at heart, like if it, all things equal, I'm going to favor WWE. Now, most of the time, AEW is far ahead of WWE. So it's not equal, right. but I like that style. So what I think this pay-per-view really showed was that like they presented a ton of different styles in, in mm-hmm. yes, you and had that's always your, been their strength. That's always yeah. right. Their strength. Yeah. And they do. And they did it all. So, I mean, that ladder match that James mentioned, I'm sure there's people out there that just loved it. Like that just I, ate it up and might have called it the match of the night. Well, I like I just we, said, like, yeah. I, oh, I was going to ask, like I I was gonna said, ask who the other matches of the night were because. Oh, yeah. That's go good through. to get up top. I mean, sure. who, yeah. who who said it was the main event? I think it was, yeah, it me was and Kevin James. and Paul or you. And yeah. yeah. And I'm saying that even though I did hate, I hated the I hated the, the him breaking the rules and not getting disqualified, but I still loved the match. I just loved the sprint. Like it was just a yeah. nonstop sprint. My favorite match of last year was Danielson and um Omega, the Omega. thirty minute draw, the sprint. Right. Like and this was like that in in a Kev- way. But but the Danielson Omega match was better. Kevin, I don't think we got your, your match yeah. of the night yet. Uh I, I'm gonna have to probably hooked, say right? the dog collar match, but uh, in a, in a, a way, match. it was kind of Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho because Ooh, yeah. Ooh, because okay. it was just really fun and I was not tired and was just energized. And by the end of it, I was just like, that was exactly what I wanted. Did Eddie then, Kingston not yeah. straight up nail him with that finisher? Oh, yeah. I was, mean, nail yeah. him. They were getting a little chippy in there. Yeah, a couple times. A little Matt Sarah action going on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what, what was yours? I'm. You know what? It's weird because this might just be recency bias. But I'm I'm thinking about that. I really liked Kingston and, and Jericho a lot. Yeah, it might have been that that six man tornado. Oh, that yeah, thing was I know. insane, I thought about that. and I loved. Yeah. I loved the insanity. I loved and old man staying jumping off old man staying. So you just oh proved you just proved the point. Oh no, because J- James said the ladder match. Yeah. So yeah, and and see the problem that James mentioned with the ladder match was the problem I had with with the tornado match. Okay. Like you had the but you had the butcher and the blade out there. Right. And setting up tables, and then they just left. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, that, that was a like a point. that's a fair yeah, point. You know, Matt, you yeah. know, but but I mean, I loved it. You know, but it was just like the, it, you just kind of got to lose yourself in it. I think. Yeah. You, you know? know, I think one thing, one thing, all our comments here showing me is AEW is so close to putting on that elusive, flawless event. Just a couple of little tweaks, and this could have been off the chart. I mean, it's not that it wasn't off the charts. Every match. Was excellent. I liked every match. Yeah, it's like that. I so I have not ever been to Tejas to Brazil, uh, the uh, <laughs> the famous meat restaurant that people go to. The, the really? all you can eat meal. Yeah, 
My um, I may do that in Vegas, but uh, you know, it's basically a meat buffet and you have like yeah. how many types of meat and they just carve it off at the table and flame it up to, you know, and there's like all this food, it's like $80 and all, you know, just ridiculous. I feel like that's what AEW shows are now. Like they just yeah. keep shoving great food down your throat until and, you're like, I can't eat anymore. Yeah. And two hours and 30 minutes in, you've got meat sweats. You're kind right. of starting to fall asleep, starting to drift. And that's that an issue. Jade, does that make the Jade Cargo match the salad bar? Is that what that <laughs> yeah. is then? Yeah. Why not? When, yeah. when, when, like when we go bar. to Vegas in May, we're going to do that uh, Wicked Spoon buffet on Sunday morning. And then they're oh, talking about God. going to the Shake Shack in the afternoon before <laughs> Double or Nothing. Oh, and no. it's like... I'm going to be full, but I'm still going to want to go to Shake Shack and I'm still going to love Shake Shack. Like, I'm going to I'm going to have to talk to my cardiologist beforehand if I do make this, this yeah, get show. Some fresh yeah, medication. I'm going to throw out a suggestion, you guys. Go to Holstein's yeah. in the Cosmopolitan. It's a phenomenal oh. restaurant. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> there's yeah. so. I, yeah, there's uh, there's so many wonderful places to eat in Vegas. OK, longest match of the night ended up going to CM Punk MJF by just what was by that, 59 seconds. Twenty five forty five. To according to Wikipedia, they could be a little off. Uh, versus twenty four fifty five for Hangman Adam Page, shortest match of the night goes to Hook and QT, ringing in at exactly five minutes. And yet it was too long. Was any oh, match on this yeah. show significantly better than you expected, or significantly worse than you guys expected? And yet it I'll, was too I, long. I, I, I went in on this, um, even though it might have gone a little long. I thought the tag team triple threat over delivered. I it thought, was great. especially yeah. Jurassic Express's involvement in it. I mean, you know that, you know, the Bucks and Red Dragon can put on this kind of match. Yeah. But but I thought I thought and, and even Luchasaurus was he held ringing it. Yeah. Ringing it that night. So, so for me, that one over delivered huge. I, I yeah. think Luchasaurus has come a long way yeah. in the last mm -hmm. in the last year. And we really saw it here tonight. But he can get he can get winded at times. He can get tired, especially yeah. when he's doing the the you know the topes and everything else. But he yeah. hurt right for tonight. for me. Moxley Danielson over delivered in the post match. Oh yeah. Oh like, my god. I yes. I was so excited. Now I mentioned to you guys off air. I fell asleep during mm -hmm. the match. Again, that's kind of on me. I had a long day and we, you know, we did the pre-show and everything and, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and just, it started out kind of slow and it built mm -hmm. kind of like a yeah. Japan main event. Yeah. And, um, but so when I, when I rewound it and then watched again, I was super into it. And then at the end, when we got William Regal come out, oh I was so excited. Like, I can't even describe how excited I was. Like I was giddy. And uh, like I stopped commenting on Twitter. I just didn't want to see anything <laughs> like uh, in case yeah. somebody was negative about it, you know, even though I don't imagine how anyone could be. So for me, that that was my block. That was my over deliver of the night was the post match of Moxley Danielson. The in-ring stuff for the whole night, I would say like Kingston Jericho was probably a little better than I thought. But everything else was pretty much about what I figured it would be. Maybe a little better in some cases, maybe a little worse. Maybe the dog collar match was, a, you know, just a touch not as good as I thought it might be, but but it was yeah. it's still excellent. Yeah, and that's one that we all expected like an all-time yeah. great out of. Yeah. Now, the one match where I think both participants, some people see as a little iffy, Jade Cargill versus most improved wrestler of the year, Ty Conti. What did you guys think of the work rate in that match? So in the pre-show, I predicted that that would actually be better than the Britt Baker match. What do mm -hmm. you guys think? Hmm. 
Just in looking at I don't think they were like noticeable. Like I don't think they were radically one better than the other. But I actually nice. did enjoy the Jay Cargo match a little I did, better. I, did I didn't too. mind anything I, in that match. See, my that, my was, issue my issue with the Jade match was that the it was the way the match was put together it was two baby faces ganging up on a heel, and so that took me out of it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whereas okay. the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa was a more traditional storytelling, a little too much nonsense at the end. But the in ring during the match was fine. Jade is getting so much better. Yeah, she's getting yeah. noticeably better. But but I I didn't understand like why Anna Jay was hitting her with a chair and like I just that's you know, an AEW yeah. trope in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And we saw it in the main event yeah. with the the. But at least there makes sense. Yeah, but I mean that was more he was getting back. It was revenge. Yeah, yeah. Jade was not doing anything wrong. She was yelling at her own manager. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Yeah, and also I look. You said it was a little too much. It was way too much. Okay, chicanery (laughs) and the and the Britt Baker. (laughs) Yeah. Thunder Rosa match. I mean, I was just like, okay, we have one ref. distraction spot and then another ref distraction spot and then it's a kick and i just i was belt stomp with a kick out yeah thunder rosa is getting another chance yeah and thunder rosa i think so i think she's gonna win this this layla hirsch match and yeah i think yeah i think they're belting her in san antonio as opposed to so i think that after you ride together tacos with danhausen exactly well this better happen I mean, and then then it just doesn't make sense because it's like, okay, we've been she's been feuding with Britt Baker for a year. She knows that the the crew is coming down to ringside with her. Yeah, make a plan, lady. <laughs> Although I think I think they're saving that for like Mercedes to come down, mm-hmm. take out, mm, take maybe. out the other two. And where's then- uh where's Athena from? Isn't she from Texas? Yeah, she's a Booker T person. Yeah, maybe is, they, is, maybe he brings maybe she brings her in as part of the entourage to counteract Jamie Hader. Yeah, and, uh, but but I wouldn't mind again, seeing a cage match. I I don't like the idea of booking a pay per view to then go to free TV. <laughs> right, right. That, yeah. I'm just a little old school, especially about it. when it's essentially a clean win. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean the I big know, thing but I mean, is like if, if you go by the rule the of it, and the ref didn't see. Yeah, the yeah. Fi- the finish being f- you know more than fifteen seconds after the cheating, it's basically clean. You know? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, Kevin, I think in the pre-show you asked, "Was Danhausen going to come out from under the ring?" And he did. And you asked, "Who was going to curse?" And I don't think anybody got it right. The answer was Ricky Starks. I think somebody. I think someone said, said it would be. T- did someone somebody say Ricky? Yeah. Well, they said it was. Yeah, either Hobbs or Starks. I think it might have been okay. Kevin. Might have been Kevin. This sounds like something. That feels like a week ago. Nice work. Yeah, it does <laughs> yeah. feel like a very long time. I think ago. we were wrong on like most of our predictions, too. I didn't think I'd get a pick on that I, one. On I ended up first. going yeah. eight and oh. four, and I thought it was going to okay. be way worse. Way worse. Well, Preet won on the Britt Baker title. On the Britt Baker title. No titles changed hands, right? No, no titles, titles changed. Yeah. That was a big surprise. Yeah. Also, during the Britt match, I started thinking, because I didn't think Adam Page was going to lose his match. And I didn't think Jurassic Express was going to lose. And I and it hit me if like if Thunder Rosa wins, that's all face. It's an all face. Everyone's a face with titles other than Jade. And I thought that would be a surprise. That's when I started thinking maybe Britt's going to win this. Yeah. Were you surprised by the uh, match layout? Like, were you surprised they started with Jericho and Kingston? I liked I really liked that. Like it hit me once they did it. Like we should have seen this coming because they always love starting kind of with a banger and finishing with one. And uh, but I, I enjoyed the match. That it was so unexpected, top to bottom. 
remember the wasn't there the was it full gear or all out when they started with kingston and i remember kingston having a really good match miro. that was it miro yeah you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and then they went to moxie kojima right after that and that was like so the first three matches on the show were like incredible and yeah. i'm like oh my god this is shaping up to be the best pay-per-view ever and and it may end up being yeah. i think still all out like is going to be really hard to beat just all out of all so the, hard to beat yeah with all the but, surprises one thing we haven't talked about is is swerve yeah um was, i love i love i love the way they did it i liked swerve's entire act super into that signing how Jeff, how many people do you think were really into him it it felt a little like there were enough to make mm-hmm. it to make it feel like you know okay he's a star he pushed it home at the end though yeah. with his with his saying getting the crowd response like he made himself feel bigger maybe than he actually was did more people get swerve's house than got cm punk's music i think so i do think so <laughs> yeah and i love like i yes. love punk coming out full roh man full roh i you didn't like that did you no that confused the the heck out of me because it probably did confuse a lot of people and 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 all i got was oh you're on your own yeah blah, blah, blah. you know like you're not a fan blah, blah, blah. like i'm sorry like i watched <laughs> the last probably six months of cm punk's run in roh yeah and yeah. then i've been a fan of his ever since he started in wwf so wwe yeah, jeff you probably didn't know that music at all almost- did you I have watched almost 40 years of wrestling. I can't yeah. expect to have watched everything. No, I had no <laughs> clue what it was. And I'm just like, and so I'm looking on Twitter and they told me, okay, that's the ROH music. I'm like, okay, now I'm, now I'm cool with it. And, and, and I was good with it, but I didn't know what the hell. I still don't was. understand why. So not why, why it was the music. Like, why did he go back to his original? Because that was when he had his dog collar match. Who he was. Either, yeah. All the oh, stuff okay. that they've been calling back to in the promos. They should have been that. Yeah, it, it also a felt like a back. very Prince Devitt demon demon king thing to me is what it felt like as well. And I it think Excalibur kind of put that over a little bit. Yeah, the whole that, show that felt said, like a, I absolutely loved the MJF troll on that music thing. I, oh yeah, I what was that? Pop, you pop for that? What did oh, he I do? did? Uh, cult of personality starts and then it stops and then it goes into MJF's music. Yeah, yeah. real simple. Oh, but so you know what? That's where I was confused too because remember I mentioned that I fell asleep in Mox Danielson. So I'm like yeah. fast forwarding through entrances and stuff to catch up. Uh, and I thought I'd heard Cult of Personality. Yeah. And then yeah. I see MJF and then all of a sudden like MJF's just staring at the screen like what's going on? And then I hear music I don't recognize and I'm like are we getting a debut? Like what's going on here? Yeah. And then Punk comes out in like an outfit I've never seen before and it's like, "Oh, I thought he was in the ring already." Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I was and plus I was So Jeff being unfamiliar with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Ring of Honor is a weak spot in my history. So yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot of it. I but was just not, with Ring of Honor with Ring of Honor, it was all about going to shows and getting the DVDs. It was not yes. the easiest thing to catch the glory days. Um, yeah. What did what did everybody think about the Wardlow the Wardlow turn? And well, is that the full turn, for Jeff? Yes. D- not having the, that frame of reference as that being a callback. What did were you like? Oh, this is cool music. Like, did it feel like a cool entrance, or were you like, I feel like they're 
they're I'm, doing I'm something liked, I'm not getting into. I thought Punk himself did a great job with the acting part of that. Yeah. yeah. The intensity the beginning, part. That, the that's beginning what was of that build-up was it. great when they were getting strapped yeah. in and the stare down and the way they lean on the chain. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I, just even approaching the ring with the with the triple X jacket and everything like that, I, I thought he did a fantastic... I, look, I didn't even need to know what the music was right. because I'm so just watching him. Out. He sold yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, and I was probably just annoyed at the people on Twitter, which is my. <laughs> Listen, that's an evergreen statement, Paul. Yeah, I think probably for all of us, there's I, no nothing in the world can ruin some a great show like reading Twitter. <laughs> well, I, I opened myself up by saying, like, what am I missing about the CM Punk entrance? So oh, I, 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 I never went back. I saw that tweet and I never went back and looked at the response. Oh. And that's probably for the best. At least the people were nice about it, but I that's still good. Felt, I still felt dumb. Um, well, as far as your question about Wardlow, I yeah, I, I was I was surprised, but then as I'm thinking about it, like, and I was thinking about how I laid out what was going to happen, I thought, you know what? Like, if Wardlow does the same thing again that he did before, Punk's an idiot, so they yeah. can't really do that. Yeah, and so the way they did it, I thought was good, but I do think this isn't quite over because I think MJF's going to come back with, you know what, you still work for me, and guess what, you screwed me. Now you have to give me the title if you win. Mm-hmm. Right, that's I probably that exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Does he so, get the title shot, or does he get the title if he wins, or is it just the kind of thing that it doesn't really matter was, because they'll just decide what to do that <laughs> night? Yeah, that there was right. a graph. There was a graphic when Tony was going over shows for the next few weeks. Yeah. That they accidentally put up there and they didn't say they didn't, didn't say, say anything. It, but it was yeah. mm-hmm. it was Sa- it was the winner of Sammy versus uh, Scorpio Sky take on Wardlow, right yeah. in two weeks, and that's in two weeks at St. Patrick's Day Slam, right? Everything's got to have a name. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I I liked the turn. Um, mm-hmm. It it, it kind of went into my bias when you guys thought that that it was going to be match of the night in terms of Dave's match of the night type of thing. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is where Dave will go, okay, they were just focusing on the story versus the match type thing, so he might downgrade right. it type of thing. Right. But I thought Wardlow was fantastic. Yeah, he was. He was oh, really good. here it is. <laughs> and I love yeah. that this has been going for so long, and it still didn't feel like the full turn. Like, there's still things that can be discussed with MJF over this, you know? And the crowd was hot for it. That's what yes. I was mm-hmm. really yeah. about it. The crowd is super hot. Like, Wardlow is super, so over right now. Um, he is going to be a megastar when, when when he finally gets over and he finally has gold around his waist or silver, either way. Um, and I can't wait for it to happen. The one I, the issue I had with the ladder match and as it pertains to Wardlow was the spots where Christian was, like, setting up the ladders and then like, why didn't he just climb up? Them. There was nobody yeah. within 100 miles of That's, the ring. Dude, and Wardlow oh, knocked choke. everyone out you know? and then decided to light up yeah. the ramp. He and then he left o- the ring. Yeah. yeah. And match. the only reason that he set up those ladders was so that Wardlow could do that spot where he jumped up onto the ladder. And then, yeah. You know, so, it, yeah, that was a little. And then, yeah, like, there's another spot later on in the night. Like, was Sammy okay? Like there was when he did that Spanish fly off the top. Yeah, they never quite told us. He, he I think lo- Isaiah Cassidy was the one that wasn't okay. Oh, okay. Well, and then I didn't know was it false count anywhere because like Sammy's lying on him like he's pinning him. They could have counted to no, like a thousand. I think it was just in the ring. Oh, okay. In a, okay. In in yeah, this ladder match, match, I got to tell you the 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 spot that scared me the most is when all six guys are at the top of the ladder and um, Orange Cassidy is standing on the middle deal. And then there was, I think, Christian on the other side, where if that thing would have folded up, 
it would have destroyed their feet. And I, and I was glad they were the first two to go off uh, at the, as that spot progressed. That spot in the ladder match where Wardlow and Keith Lee, I think it was those two, yeah. or maybe it's Powerhouse Hobbs, this had where the they... side of a ladder and Orange yeah. Cassidy's in the middle and they're doing great. like press. And then Orange Cassidy, yeah, he flips up and, yeah. and he's going to go for the ladder. And oh, that was. Oh, I thought you were so going to say when they wishboned the ladder and each one of them took a half. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, all right. <laughs> one day that's um, going to happen in a ladder so, match. One yeah. day. Since, yes. Since what, we're on this. Yes. Uh, Keith Lee did not win. No, no he did not. No. That it's, didn't it's, bother it, me as much as I know it did you. I'm well, it's funny because somebody yelled at me on Twitter. Um, about <laughs> that. It goes and said, well, if you had one, you'd be saying, oh, no, it's another WWE guy. And I'm like, looking, I'm going, that might be fair. But <laughs> <laughs> He never really but, took there, though. So but it was one of those things where it's like, well, don't sign a guy and push him to the moon in terms of being a big time signing and acquisition and then put him in this match. Yeah, to, to, to lose then. I, I just it, it's something that I just I, I, I think they have a lot of guys who can have good matches. Well, he got another action figure. He got another action figure, Swerve Scott. So he forgot that he has Keith Lee now. <laughs> True. To, to me, it's when you have that many guys, but like a guy cannot win and it doesn't feel like a big deal. He wasn't necessarily pinned or anything like that. And he looked so good in the match. Mm-hmm. Like, who was it that he literally threw out of the arena? Like Darby um, or uh, oh, Cassidy, threw right? Orange Cassidy yeah. almost yeah. over the top of the people yeah. who were going to catch him. That looked it pretty was, painful. Yeah. Like, they had to struggle to even get their hands on him. Yeah, that you know, just, Paul, when you were talking about the action figures of him getting finding new action figures, I just went down this whole rabbit hole in my mind of like the Toy Story world of AEW, like the conversations they have when Tony's not around, and <laughs> like who's got who's got Tony's hand, uh, name yeah. written on their on the foot of their boot. Poor Santana Ortiz and FTR are sitting in a closet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we, I can't we, believe they weren't in Dan Housen's Forky. Yeah. <laughs> they even the remembered. They even remembered Colt Cabana, but they couldn't remember. Yeah, who is no longer a produce. Congratulations yeah. to Colt Cabana yeah. for no longer being fruit and or vegetable. He's um, back. Th- he's back from parts unknown, which is where he right. was when I interviewed him for the Grandpa Des show. <laughs> he was. I know where he was, but I, I had to kayfabe it. But he's back. You know what, Paul? Uh, real quick, we are uh, sorry to interrupt you, Jeff, but I want no, I want ahead. Paul to get this out. Paul. Tell people about the interview that you have up on the Fight Game Media YouTube oh, yeah. right now. So it's with a guy named Big Trouble Ben Bishop. He's an mm-hmm. up-and-coming indie guy. A little bit on the older side, but he's huge. Former basketball player. And he just won, I think, his first title. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company. It's you know, it's a it's a regional, AP something or other. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's, that's up on Fight Game Media it's earlier this week. And it's uh, just me. It's Paul Fontaine. It's not Grandpa Des. Um, and, yeah, I'm hoping to do more of these. I've got a few feelers Men- out. Mention for- how he ties into AEW, Des. Oh, yeah. sorry. He wrestled on <laughs> Dark a couple times. Uh, most recently against 10 of the and dark a, order and he's a giant human being giant so they did it was funny and and you should go back and watch this james i think you'd like it they did a Absolutely. comedy spot where uh negative one went up to him and he comes up to his knees oh. and mm-hmm. then he's like got his fists up and he's gonna punch him and then 10 puts him on his shoulders and now they're doing like the chicken fight and now they're eye to eye and then he i think he might have even slapped you know bishop and then you know and then 10 puts him down and they have their match you know but what? he also he also wrestled bear bronson 
um, Ooh. like last summer sometime. So he's they, they're interested in him because they brought him back a second time. So okay, that's great to know. Yeah, now, I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that about negative one. I don't want to get too far off the pay per view. Yeah, but you were just talking about action figures. I want to throw it out. Has everybody seen the new Brody King negative one action figure pack? Yeah. And what are your thoughts on it? That's really it's nice. awesome because his dad was his hero. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Also, I think it's a, they're exploiting him. I'm like, I'm no. like, uh, they're I had putting, an action figure they are my putting dad. money in his family's pockets who lost right. their dad. Yeah. And that's something that kid is going to have forever. And that is the most badass thing I can imagine having of my dad. And I'm a big fan of it. and him. Yeah, you know, like he gets to go yeah. to school now and show his friends is this is me. This kid is if he doesn't know he's kayfabe, he won't tell them. Yeah, <laughs> I want an action figure of me for something I've done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If negative one makes 18 years old without being the most obnoxious child on the planet, <laughs> he is a better man than me because I would be rubbing this in my friends faces every day, every day. OK, um, so. Any, what was your, I think there were some, not necessarily upsets in storyline, but there were some big surprises. I don't think a lot of us thought Britt Baker was going to retain. I don't think a lot of us thought CM Punk was going to win the match. What was the bit most shocking finish for you on the pay-per-view tonight? Finish. Okay. <laughs> hmm. uh, for me, Jurassic Express. Yeah, I okay. did not. I did not expect them to win. I figured it was like the end of that era and back. We're going to get back to the real tag teams, you know, right? Uh, kind of thing. And, and and then it ended up being kind of a coming out party for the right way. I should have known as soon as they came out in matching tights that they were they were <laughs> they were for real with the gold yeah. trim. I just and say my MVP of the night was Bobby Fish almost being mic'd up for most of that. Match. Yeah, man, you could hear everything that yeah. man was saying. And it, yeah. was, I it was, was solid. Oh, he was funny. He was, gra- he was I'm great. Like, I'm adding a, a star and a half onto this match, <laughs> even though I don't do star ratings. Just I saw that Bobby tweet. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. For me, I, uh, other than Layla Hirsch on the pre-show, which that surprised me. That was real shocking. Yes, yeah. That would um, be the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably say Eddie Kingston. Because um, okay. I was expecting the him tap to lose. Out. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, and especially the way. Like, it was clean and it was yeah. decisive. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was not, you know, like, not like Moxley Danielson, where, you know, it was like Danielson was about to beat him. And then, you know, it was almost like a reversal of a pin. I don't even remember exactly how it happened. Right. Like They didn't yeah. do the finish that I... Well, there was a spot that I kind of expected in that match that I don't think they did, but I might have stepped out in the room when I like partway through the match when I put it together that they're they essentially have the same finishing move mm-hmm. with the spinning back fist and the Judas effect, and I totally thought during the match they were going to do just knock each other out the double knockout spot. yeah oh, that would have been great spot. we would I wish we could have had Shoney Carter there Shoney Carter to it live yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. That the you know what the um the, the sorry I'm a little off track but the Danielson Mox match actually reminded me of an MMA fight like yeah. you know in, in addition to what I said earlier about it being like a New Japan or or a Japan main event not necessarily New Japan but um and and that's where and I think the Jericho Kingston was a little like that too but just completely different styles you know right. like striking as opposed to the grappling and the you know, the body work and everything. What'd you think about the amount of blood in the Moxley Danielson match after the dog collar? To me, it kind of felt like, mm, like that much blood after it kind of took away from the, 
I don't know, the uniqueness of... To me, you should only do that like once. If this tells you anything about how desensitized I am towards <laughs> blood and wrestling, I was like, was there blood? I think I'm resensitized, and that's why. I agree <laughs> in, in, in theory, though, with you. Um, I forgave it because... I was into this as a fight. Yeah, that's true. Wrestling match. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, this is more two brawlers who end up cutting Mm -hmm. themselves in there as opposed to. Oh, I knocked my head on the ring post or. Yeah. We, we had a couple weeks ago in UFC, there was three straight matches where there was like a lot of blood. And so, I mean, when you're having those kind of matches or fights, Mm -hmm. sometimes blood happens. Yeah. You know, um, in this case, I mean, there are pretty obvious spots where they bladed, but I mean, you have to take yourself out of that. And, you know, I feel I kind of feel what you said, Kevin, on being resensitized to it because I want new fans to come to AEW. So I'm more sensitive to it on Dynamite than I am on the pay-per-view that the people needed to pay, you know, $60, $70 for. Um, But yeah, I feel you on that. All right, y'all. We are a little over a half hour in. Thank you so much for joining us. Really enjoyed doing the pre-show with you you guys today. Really enjoyed doing this post-show with y'all. Anything, any real points you want to make on your way out here tonight? And also, of course, tell people about your show, where and when they can listen to it. I, I want to ask an old man Hawkins curmudgeon question on the way out. Now we're out, talking. Actually. All right. Because I have this theory that the stipulation in the match should be put over heavily. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you should not bring in other things that ruin the stipulation of this match. And one of the reasons I am slightly underwhelmed, although I still enjoyed it, about the dog collar match was the addition of the thumbtacks. I knew that. I, oh, I was totally, thinking that's yes. where you were coming. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I, I think I just wanted to know if I was alone be in that because you can, you can make the dog collar far more violent if you need to have the violence. The, the yeah. thumbtacks I thought were superfluous. And I thought that, I thought that match had a bit of a, like a five to six minute, uh, glut in there where it was just things went to a stop and then they went home. And then, and, and that was my, I mean, that's somebody asked me. Or somebody in the uh, Facebook group, I think it was Ryan Fantasia, said he put it above Piper and Valentine. I was like, I cannot Mm-mm. go there on that one. But Mm-mm. different strokes for different folks. He enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I just wanted to check with the because the old man wrestling fan in my brain goes, I don't like these thumbtacks because it's taking away from the dog collar. I don't, I don't like thumbtacks thumb tax, in general. <laughs> as soon as the thumbtacks were introduced, number one, I knew that. Um, MJF was losing at that point. Like mm-hmm. as soon as he brought in the thumbtaps, I knew okay, Punk's winning. Number one, number two, I knew the dog collar was irrelevant. Like yeah. it, it means that's nothing anymore. Okay, because you know it's all it's all about the thumbtacks now, and it was. That's all they did was tease spots about going into the thumbtacks. Right. You can right. follow me at Crap Game Thirteen for more old <laughs> man talking yeah. uh, things. <laughs> For me, I, I have a question, and maybe you guys can talk about it, and I'll listen later. Okay. Um, but uh, after the match, sometimes we get things that tease, okay, who's going to be the next challenger? You know, New mm-hmm. Japan does it all the time, but they don't always do it in AEW. Right. There was only one guy on this show that made any indication that he was interested in the world title, and that was CM Punk. After he won, he yeah, did the did. belt motion, and he's the only one. So hmm. is are we getting Punk hangman i think we're getting punk hangman at some point is it gonna be double or nothing or is it gonna be before that and if it's not 
who's going to be the challenger at double or nothing is still because we all came into this thinking it was going to be mjf i think right is what is what we all said but i don't know if it's going to be now the way this all went down i think it's going to be mjf wardlow now at double or nothing page has had i think he's had a challenger every month essentially yeah essentially a title match doesn't seem like a tv match it doesn't seem like a tv match but but he's not i would think he'd have at least one if not two defenses between now and double or nothing yeah so, so you look at gonna, the top five, maybe build. like a Will Hobbs, um, you know, like guys like that uh, would, would get the TV title match. I don't care about having the next guy up on the pay-per-view. I think that's what the TV is for. That's okay. what you. That's what Wednesday is for. The, pay, the pay-per-views are your blow off. Yeah. They it's end kind of your stories, UFC whatever. Thing. And then you reset on the following TV the next week. I think it has to be Punk and Page. And I think it's possible they're turning Page to go heel on a babyface Punk here. Hmm. Um, so that, I mean. That's an interesting hmm. thought. Yeah. And, and plus you can turn that. Remember the concern I had. The first question out of the gate on the pre-show. Yep. That becomes that becomes your new guard killing the old guard, so to speak. Restate your question for the people who yeah, maybe haven't listened uh, yet. I, I, had, I had concerns because I thought that the dog collar match was definitely setting up a world title match. Mm-hmm. So I thought, was it derivative if Adam Cole won the title and, and Punk won the dog collar match right. to have... To have Punk versus Cole, two ex WWE guys, on the top of your biggest card in history, or would it serve them better to have MJF versus Adam Page as two in-house talents that they had that they had raised and grown and been with the company since day one, on top in your biggest name in history? Because Punk's definitely a draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so I. I wasn't ready to answer when you first asked, but now that I've had like six hours to think about it, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think punk may be the exception because I think, yeah. we, and we talked about this. I think James and I may have talked about this last week. Um, in my mind, Cody Rhodes became irrelevant to AW when CM Punk showed up because the, the, the aesthetic and the, not that when that's not the right word, but the the spirit and the philosophy of what AEW he was the is. Representative, he was the yeah. representative of WWE and the guy who the guy who left WWE yeah. to yes. bet on himself and did that. He did that. And in some ways, he did actually do that more than Punk did. But when Punk showed up, he he became that voice and mm-hmm. Cody became irrelevant when it came to that. And so I think Punk, if it's Punk, I don't think that'll be how it's received. No. But if it were like, if it was Cody, I don't know. Yeah, if it was Cody. <laughs> oh. Now I'm telling you, and I'm saying that, saying now that I've, after kind of putting that together, like now all I wanted to see was CM Punk versus Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't oh, know yeah. we'll ever see now. But well, you, you you could. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, no, well, could. You could actually even have Punk and Hangman go in as baby faces, and then have Punk churn. Because I do think we're getting yeah. a punk heel turn at some point. We've right. we've talked yeah, about that almost since day one. For that though, to me, yeah, it's getting right. there. You're probably never, right though. I've never wished we were more on video. I wish everyone could have just seen the motion that 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 Kevin Ely just made and how much it looked like Danhausen. It was seriously the ghost of Danhausen. Your whole shrug hey. thing. It was phenomenal. And I, I, you know, you would expect that to be a little bit of a Toro Yano thing, but no, it came off as full Danhausen. All right, Paul, Jeff, let <laughs> us know where to listen to your podcast, when and where. That's I'll right. Do the plug. 
All right, so the Dynamite Show is on the Fight Game Media Patreon. That's patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. And uh, myself and Jeff are up uh, generally about an hour, hour and a half after Dynamite ends. We break down the show in detail. And uh, and then you guys p- pick up the slack on the weekends and on the free feed. What? You guys get to think about the takes. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> the show, stuff. That's right. Well, as, Run it as off Kevin the mouth and... As guys are full put it, we provide critical analysis, and you guys give you guys are the fanboys. Yeah, that sounds fair. (laughs) That's pretty much it. That's Kevin's words, not mine. Yeah, we just get to pick and choose the stuff we like and talk about that, and skip the rest. Yeah, exactly. You guys are are beholden to talk about everything. The wonders of the boom. We get to pick and choose what we talk about. I I will say. The yep. Dynamite Show is my first listen every Thursday morning after I drop my daughter off on to school. Thank you so much. It, it would be mine, too. See there how they're wrong and of, how I could bring that up on our show. i got to take notes. What I can I argue with Paul about that. And, and call him out on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> this, Paul, I, you know what? I, I enjoyed working with you guys today, and I hope we get to do this again. Uh, definitely. And double or nothing is going to be tough because we're all going to be there, but maybe... Uh, I won't. I'm going to hold down the oh, board. Hey, <laughs> you can set up the video, and we'll all join you from the hotel room. There you okay, go. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. Because hotel internet's really reliable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. No, there's nothing like it. I can tell you that right Especially now. Especially in Vegas. Yeah. All right. Jeff, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. I had a great time, and I am looking forward to doing this again very soon. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. All right, Kevin, now that we've now that we've booted those two yokels. <laughs> She's still here. No, that was. Yeah. Listen, I had a great time with Paul. I had a great time with Paul and Jeff. Absolutely fantastic. And one of the things I had the most fun about with the during the pre-show, which, again, you can go check out right now on the Fight Game Media YouTube, is how differently we saw things going in this show and how different you and I saw things going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you, we were about right. Each of us were right on like half this card. Um Early on, I'd gone four and one, and I literally tweeted, I think things are about to change dramatically for me. And sure enough, I ended at eight and four. But um, such a great card, man. Every, just like All Out, and I was hoping that's that was going to be the case. Every every match was strong. Even the matches that we, we talked about with Paul and Jeff just now, mm-hmm. that we had major problems with, they were still great matches. Yeah, I think there's something... You know, right before we went on air, when you were asking, hey, we were just we were just talking about whether or not, you know, do, does AEW wear you out? Yeah. And I was and my reaction was literally like, I thought it was just me. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was talking to Paul about it. And Paul tried to yeah. say, I thought it was just me. Yeah. And and I, I like like this is a recurring thing. I felt this during all out. And I and I and I, I told you, I think back then. It wasn't until I rewatched the next day I realized how great All Out was. Yeah. And I think maybe the like there's a couple ways to fix that. And that's something I want to talk with you about before we move on to kind of the week in AW, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of things to talk about with ROH, Cody Rhodes News. There's a lot going on. And we've talked in the past about maybe the idea of backstage interviews to let you cool down for a second, to let mm-hmm. you run to the bathroom. There was no bathroom break on this show. There was no. not one. I ended up having to pull the the, 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 the the card up, the show up on my phone to go cook myself dinner because I knew I, I, I needed to go immediately into this show afterwards. And I did that during the Britt Rosa match. Um, but maybe maybe move some of the undercard, you know, don't give us 12 bangers, right? Give us nine and give us those three undercard matches on the actual show where we can walk away if we want to, or, you know, 
give us a little bit of a breather, you know? I, yeah, I but, love Chris Statlander. I like Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. That would have been a little bit of a breather, though. I could have ran to the bathroom during that one. Or have an intermission. Like, yeah. you know, one of the things, you know, we'll, we'll criticize WWE pay-per-views for all the video. they got to do a video package for every match and all the commercials and all this kind of stuff. And and AEW is very old school and it's just match to match mm-hmm. to match. And the only times, the only times I noticed that they really did um, – any sort of stalling tactics was when they had to change the mat after there was a lot of blood spilled on it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and it was clearly planned, but like, you know, the other, the other angle of that would be like new Japan where it's like, you're starting the music for the next match while like the winners still yeah, the in the mat. ring. Yeah. Um, but they'll have like a 25, 30 minute intermission. You know, I wonder if they like cut a match or two, Mm-hmm. You know, and had had the first half of the match, then had the dog collar match, then had like a 20 minute intermission, you know, with a couple of like backstage interviews from the first half of the match. Yeah, have like something that, you know, going on. Like a good do chunk, that. you know. Something just hit me, Kevin. I, I thought in my mind this was going to be a three hour show. This is a four hour show. Plus and the with, pre-show. With a the st- buy in, it's a five hour show. Yeah, stack That's pre-show. too much. I say just give us a three hour pay per view. Mm-hmm. Just give us a three hour pay per view. That's as much TV as you do all week anyway. Mm-hmm. Like give, when I was when I was a kid watching WCW all the time, getting all the mm-hmm. pay per views I could, I believe it was always nine matches and it was a three hour show. Mm-hmm. That like I could do. 245 or something. Yeah, four to five, ma- two to four to five hours. Is too much. And that's, yeah. I think, one of the big negatives we've had from WWE for a while is they do big pre-shows. I do like the table they have with Booker T where they, they go over everything. I really like, I like that. that. too. Maybe AEW could do something a little more like that. But, man, when you get into four, five, six hours, that's too much of a good thing. And you end with everybody worn out. And I do think Jeff Hawkins had a good point that the crowd seemed worn out in the main event. Even though I loved that main event, it was match of the night for me. Yeah, they did get him back though. I thought that crowd they was did. completely dead. And and luckily they were they both named Adam and yeah. the crowd really enjoyed making men of chant. Great. I believe there were there was a so there's a let's go Adam chant, then there was yep. a let's go Adam Adam sucks chant. Yep. Then there was a uh let's see. I wrote them down. The other one. Oh nice. Well, there were four of them. Uh the third one well, I don't remember what the third one was, but then the fourth one, I believe, was they started chanting Fight for Adam, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved. I love that. By the way, we're 45 minutes in, and I just want to say real quick, if everybody would like to go check out uh, patreon.com slash fight game media for just five dollars a month you can really support us here at the boom and everyone at fight game media of course also check out fightgamemedia.com but our patreon is only five dollars a month you get lo- lo- lots of extra content you get an extended brace for impact show you get the dynamite show and every month every show does something a little extra we do an, a bonus show for the patrons and again, it would help us out. It would help everybody out at Fight Game Media. Go get, go check it out. Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media. Yeah, the, the Adam Chance were fantastic. I really like that. I've got some notes here on this card, and I want to bring up something that I don't think anybody else that, that we've talked to today, any of the other four of us, is qualified to talk about. And, uh, and that's Eddie Kingston's giant gut. Eddie Kingston, <laughs> I swear, Kevin, has put on... 25 pounds since we saw him last and i i'm a big fat i'm a very large man 
And so I feel like I can talk about that. And for years now, me and different people I've talked to are like, man, if Eddie Kingston just hits the gym a little bit, tw- not, not a ton of weight, like 20 pounds, he's going to be world champion. And apparently the catering at AW, Kevin, is so good. The reason like I realized, yeah, I realized it's just not going to happen. This is the Eddie Kingston we're always going to have. And I don't hate that. I do love this Eddie Kingston. But man, I, I just want him to be the most successful Eddie Kingston he could be. And by cutting out that peanut butter pie and coming in 20 pounds down instead of 20 pounds up for the pay-per-view. And I know I'm going to offend a lot of people with this. But you know, I just want him to be the best there can be. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the Eddie Kingston we have now. And that's a great Eddie Kingston, but I don't know if that's an Eddie Kingston who's going to have any kind of run as an AEW champion, because this is a television product where people are supposed to be muscular and in shape because they're high level athletes. And he doesn't come off that way, but uh, I still loved his match and I wanted him to win. And I'm glad he did. Yeah, I think, and there, there's other ways, you know, like Kevin Owens has, pretty significant yeah. gut and uh yeah. you know he just dresses in a Listen, way that dusty like, Rhodes you know, a world champion and that's the thing yeah, Dick Murdoch. I think if you're eddie kingston you got to make a choice you either need to you either need to lose 15 20 pounds or put on 100 either way <laughs> i got your back all the way like all the way i did take a screenshot of um of from rampage of eddie kingston with his arm around tony shivani's shoulder pointing at him after just having decided to go eat Reese's peanut butter pie <laughs> because I was like that's a mood. You know, we, Reese's, we had let's, a, let's go hit we it. We had a lot of we had a lot of this that is a mood. That's a whole ass mood, ladies and gentlemen. And we had a lot of discussion on here about is Eddie Kingston ever going to be able to finish a snack in catering? Because if the camera's on you, you're not finishing what you're about to say. No. You're not finishing what you're about to eat. You're not finishing anything ever at AEW. And that's reality. Um, I really like the swerve entrance. We talked about that a little bit. I thought he came off as, as a, a, a cool dude, a slick dude. I really like that. I, I hope he is put very quickly into a, maybe the TNT title picture to start off. He feels like a guy who should get that rocket ship attached to his back ASAP. Um, I like that they just debuted him instead of making him like a seventh man in the ladder match. Right before yeah. Him. Yeah. I like that. It, it felt special. Also, Kevin, when when William Regal walked out and I'm glad yeah. it's William and not Steven Regal. I don't know why that is, but I am. Um, I immediately thought Kevin, Kevin Ely is an oracle. <laughs> he is a seer of the future because we talked about this. You talked about what how great he would be as the manager of a Brian Danielson shooter stable. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. That's clearly what's about to happen that's, if, that I think if they're this doing team it. comes together. Yeah. You texted me in all capital letters. It's, it's all, all happening. happening. Uh, and it was. Yeah. It was. All our hopes and dreams are coming true right now. Thanks to Tony Khan, William Regal, and Brian Danielson. That was the moment of the show for me. It was. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people our age on Twitter as well, mm-hmm. people were losing their damn minds, Kevin, yeah. for that. And I kind of hate that it, it showed it felt bigger than Swerve. It did. But I do think Swerve oh, absolutely did. Yeah. Swerve like did such a great job in getting in his call and repeat. Like he got people going for that. And and he looked like a big deal, despite William Regal getting the mm-hmm. huge pop of the night. Yeah, but if, they were kind of they were different parts of the show, and 
mm-hmm. you know, but, it was separated. Know, well, yeah, no one's going to walk away and say this where Strickland showing up was the most memorable no. part of the show, but that's okay. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll do something great on Wednesday. The yeah. Regal thing, when he came out, um, and number one, you just realized what was happening. But the number two, I didn't, I hadn't put it together when you talk about history that Regal has a, he's tied to both of them separately. Right. Right. So he helped train Brian Danielson mm-hmm. and then he really helped train John, Mo- John Moxley had already been trained, but he helped bring him on to break through his reformer in, um, what, what was it? Uh, the Florida F- FCW before it became okay. NXT. I didn't know that, but that makes sense. As yeah, soon as so I saw people when Dean Ambrose that. was for, when he was first signed as Dean Ambrose, um, you know, he, he came in, he was this, he was kind of FCW, one of their first like kind of breakout stars in the developmental and uh, Regal was kind of the commissioner and he was also the commentator and uh, they, his first big angle, first big storyline was a feud with, with William Regal um, that was like a blood feud and it was him. It was basically like the, you know, the young ups. It was, it was MJF versus punk. It was, right. it was him coming in and saying, I'm the new, I'm the new sheriff. I'm going to take out the old sheriff and Regal having to come out from behind the commentary table, take him out. Like they have a really great oh history my God. and seeing, I love that. I love that. They played into that, that both of the, that he walked in after those guys had that match and yep. bossed them around. Yeah. Slapped them across the face. Like, grow up. You just had your match. Right. Be adults. Yeah, and that's he perfect. stunned him, and he, yeah, and he, he's going to slap. I'm hoping Daniel Garcia into in in into shape, and God knows how many other. People. Oh, that just needs to be the thing. Like he it just needs to like, be someone his match. He'll just come out, slap someone across the face. It'll be like Malachi Black's blackness. <laughs> They're just marked. <laughs> he's like your old Bobby Knight. He's your guy who's absolutely abusing kids, and no one cares. Although in this instance, they would be fully grown adults he's abusing, which is kind of the way of the world in professional wrestling, where we get to regularly discuss blood feuds. Which and I hope, makes I hope me that happy. he shows up at a 2.0 match and slaps them both. Oh my. Matt Lee just shuts up. Matt Lee takes him back. Matt Lee and Jeff. Is it Parker? Jeff Parker? Yeah, Jeff Parker. They will sell those slaps. Yeah. Like they just got hit in the face with steel chairs. Yeah. And they're going to they're going to flop around on the floor and they're going to jump up and they're just going to be spitting and muttering. And that's all I want to see in the world right now, Kevin. And I hope we get that. I want to see him put Matt Lee down. Oh, that's the dream. So two Matt, one match I want to talk about is um, let's talk about Jurassic Express real quick. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all thought like the titles were going to move immediately. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be about furthering the storyline between the young bucks and red dragon. And what I didn't realize is kind of like we y'all talked about in the pre, not in the pre-show, but just now with mm-hmm. Jeff and uh, Paul, this was kind of a coming out party for Jurassic Express. Maybe the best match they've ever had as a team. We knew jungle boy was going to look great in this match. Luchasaurus also looked really good here. I still think they're going to lose these titles to Santana and Ortiz. Although I might should say, I hope like that's who I hope they lose them to. Um, and then I'm, I'm hoping we get Kenny Omega sooner rather than later. We saw Dan, we saw Don Callis come out on the pre-show. Still haven't been able to hear exactly. Yeah, I haven't been able to watch it because we were doing the show. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping to catch that a little later after we do the show. 
um, because I want Red Dragon and the I want to see what happens with this feud, but I'm ready for it to move forward. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I think we need Kenny Omega back, even this, even if he's not necessarily wrestling. But then when you tie that into what Tony Khan said, I believe early, real early this week, like Monday, Tuesday, when he was doing the rounds, kind of building mm-hmm. up the, the ROH announcement, which we're going to talk about here in a bit. He was asked about the trios division and he said he kind of wants Kenny Omega back for that. Which makes me think we might have the birth of the trios division with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. And the House of Blacks also yeah. has an identity as trios. And Ray Phoenix back. I mean, look, we know what an amazing division this will be. This will be mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking even forward to it. If the belts are off of Jurassic Express, you throw them right back in with Christian. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, again, I feel bad that I'm reading about Marco Stunt fighting fighting kidney stones while you're yeah. seeing his team in their maybe their best title defense yet kidney stones are no joke either oh, they're like, <laughs> my dad times was, my dad was a very tough man like a really tough dude a former boxer and i saw him in the fetal position weeping as a child and i was like oh i never want kidney yep. stones they're bad they're yeah. bad so that that you know that tag title match in the facebook group i was kind of in there commenting a little bit and mm-hmm. uh during the middle of the match, I think I typed in there. I I kind of hate this match. Uh, really, and the Why reason it kinda is because there was a lot I hated, but there was also a lot that I just couldn't not love. So yeah. it was great action. I really love the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I love. I in hindsight, I love the Jungle Boy in Luchasaurus one. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I I hate to be a I hate to be old man Hawkins, but bring it, but bring I'll be old all. man, Kevin. Like I want tag matches to have tag rules, you know? And, you know, and when it, when I could never remember who was legal, mm-hmm. uh, I could, you know, and people just like come in and do like three tag team spots, just whatever. And the referee just kind of waves yeah. his arm around and stuff like that. It's a thing. I, I'm used to it. I'm used to it in young bucks matches, yeah. but like when it's a triple threat and there's six guys doing it, it mm-hmm. just felt so much more. It's a lot. It was driving me crazy through the match. You know, Kevin, what you just told me is that AEW has broken me because in the first year of AEW, I noticed these things and I had a big mm-hmm. problem with these things and I did not notice it in this match, which means I'm a broken human being. They have like officially done it so much, so flagrantly that I legit didn't notice. And that that's a that's a concern. That's a real concern because, again... I want the rules to be followed because if the if you don't have rules to follow, then when broke people break rules, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, and you want the the breaking of rules to mean anything. It's kind of how you build heels. And again, I had such a huge problem with it in the main event. This should have been more of a problem to me here. So that's a really good point. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, when FTR came in, they made such a big deal about it. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish they had won that argument because – to me, it's constraints inspire creativity and yeah. and the Bucks and Red Dragon and Private Party and a lot of these like really fast paced teams mm-hmm. or and and this is this is also going to tie into my irrational dislike of Penta and Phoenix yeah. as a team yeah. uh, because they're very creative and how they come up with spots. Mm hmm. Like how they, how they'll, you know, they'll, I'm going to throw you into this and he's going to do that and I'll kick you while it happens and all that kind of stuff. But what, but without the rules of the tag stuff, they don't have to figure out how to work that into a story. 
Yeah. And so they're not creative storytellers. They're just creative spot tellers. Yeah. I get what you're saying. They could be so much more. And yeah, if you just add yeah. that bit, the story then when they is are able matters. to pull those things off. Yeah. It'll be even yeah. more exciting. That's one of the few, like, look, I, um, I can't bring myself to listen to Jim Cornette anymore, mainly over just politics. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to hear politics of any kind when I'm listening to wrestling commentary. Right. I watch that's one of the places. That. Yeah. That's one of the places he's right when it comes to young buck. Like, and I like the young bucks, mm-hmm. but the spot fests are taking away from storytelling and storytelling is what wrestling is all about. I am more yeah. interested in story than, than the, the physicality of the matches. And I know that probably sounds strange to a lot of people, but I've realized in the last couple of years that's true, and it's probably always been true. Yeah, and I and I don't mean that to be a knock against the Young Bucks or call them spot monkeys because I do think the Young Bucks are good storytellers. Yeah, they're great, but they could be better. Yeah, and we see we're seeing this a good match to point that out in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Let's see. <sighs> kind of. I I I really thought Keith Lee or Wardlow was going to win. I hated. Picking, but I thought like clearly Wardlow built like I don't think Wardlow makes the move he did in the uh, in the match with CM Punk, the MJF yeah. CM Punk match. If he didn't win, he needed to win to move that forward. I think for sure. Yeah, looking back over the whole show, you kind of see how it all added up. You yeah. know of what happened before what and everything. Um, I I agree. I think I think him winning that match before. Before the CM Punk match gave him the perfect, like, whatever confidence, you know, to be able to say, I've got this in the pocket. Uh, I don't need you anymore. Um, yeah. And it was a huge moment. Oh, I, uh, what? yes. Go ahead. I was literally reading my notes and I was kind of doing a Seinfeld waking up to something he wrote, wrote in his dreams type moment. <laughs> where I'm like, what in the world does this say? And my O was when I realized what it said. So go ahead, and then I'll get back to that. Now you go ahead, and I'll finish my thought. It was literally just said, uh, Adam Cole's Halo gear. And I was trying to interpret what that was. What did you think of the Halo gear? Oh, that annoyed me. (laughs) That's 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 where I felt old. I liked the trunks. I liked the tights. The trunks were cool. Those looked good, but the armor was a little over the top felt a little bit like is robocop coming out to rip open a cage right now right little yeah but yeah, also jade had good gear i like jade oh, jade, uh, jade had a superstar combat entrance. gear yeah. yeah that was With great the guitar player playing her in um nope. yeah that was fantastic i think one of the reasons i really like the jade match is because again it's incremental improvements but she's better like this match showed she's gotten better mm-hmm and the, that tells me she's serious about wrestling. And that was the only question was how serious is she? Because I, I think I don't think I'm out of line saying she's the most exciting new female talent in wrestling in years, mm-hmm. maybe ever. And she seems to have unlimited potential. And the fact that she keeps getting better, keeps trying new moves, incorporating new moves. That just makes me so excited for the future with Jade. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't. Again, I get that she's not the best wrestler in the world, but I don't get the constant negativity towards her when she is improving. And she and Ty had a good match here tonight. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I agree that it did. It was a little weird that like Anna was trying to cheat and it was two on one and all that. But I but I think that I think they're just turning. 
I think they're turning Jade babyface, and and I'm I'm for it. I think that was yeah. a great babyface win, you know, of yeah. someone who has all the talent, who but doesn't have the experience. Um, you know, I I think uh, I think the match looked like it was might have been rehearsed a little in the mm-hmm. beginning, but like in a good way. Like yeah, that first no spot they had, the first 10, 15 start. seconds of that match, mm-hmm. uh, when they just started out really hot and Jade almost hit her with the with their move called Jaded or something like that. Yeah. Uh, right out of the gate. Um, like that was great. Yeah. That first part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, especially with Jade going up again, Ty Conti has not that has not been in wrestling that long. Mm-hmm. She's somebody who's also constantly improving. Uh, you know, I think she's fallen back and then comes back a little bit. We didn't um, get to see Judo Tay, though. No, we too didn't. much. Although I, I would really like to know if, if she could honestly throw somebody as huge as Jade. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to see that in re- a shoot a, yeah. in real life. I would love to see that. Um, let's see. What else? Is there anything else we need to really hit on before we move on to everything else that's happened in uh... AEW this week? Nothing huge. I, I compliments to uh, Britt Baker's new title belt, though. I like that they gave her. Oh a- yeah, I didn't notice it at all until I saw people posting photos of it on Twitter, and I and I like it. Now I liked the old women's belt, but I, yeah. this new one feels more substantial. Yeah, like the old one. I really liked the design, but it did feel a little too far off of what the men's belts mm-hmm. look like, and um. And this one, this one's just a great belt. Just yeah, a great belt. Great. Let's see. What's my last page of notes here? Um, oh, Hangman should have been DQ'd. We have talked about that at length. Um, yeah, but you know, that's the old Bill Watts rule. Like, I remember one of the very, I remember very early when I was first getting into watching wrestling, I had a friend down the street named Tim who would, We'd watch Mid South and stuff, and Lord Humongous would be in there, and I would be yeah. like, "Why can How can this guy wear a hockey ring? You know, hockey mask in yeah. the ring?" And they say, "Well, the rule is if it's part of your outfit, it's legal." I re- I said that to a buddy of mine who was talking about uh, Roman Reigns and his like bulletproof, bulletproof vest. vest. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is brilliant, man. This is absolutely brilliant. The old D'Lo Brown. Before we move on to the actual wrestling news from this week, I just have to ask you a quick Mid-South question. Oh, great. Yeah, I love Do it. Do you remember when um, Cowboy Bill Watts, came, I think, came out of semi-retirement with a baseball bat he called the Wing Clipper to run off the Freebirds? Do you remember this? I don't remember it being called the Wing Clipper. It was the Wing him. Clipper, and wow. it was there for the Freebirds. I love that. Yeah. that's For some reason, that's been on my mind this week, so I thought I'd throw it out. Okay. So we had our... We had our big our big surprise announcement on on Dynamite this week. A lot of people had it half right. Everyone was talking about is it he bought ROH and has a streaming deal. Mm-hmm. He bought ROH. There does not appear to be a streaming deal in place yet, but I feel like that's a big part of building to the streaming deal. And I love it on every level. And a lot of people, I saw a lot of comments this week that really confounded me, which was like, oh, I get it's a big deal to have the streaming content, but that's it. What's your take on the ROH announcement before I dive deeper into my take on it? Well, it's funny because, you know, it's like Jeff and Paul joked, we 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 get more time to think about our takes yeah. before it. So I get to hear, you know, yeah. Paul, Paul was very for it. Uh, Jeff was very anti it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was somewhere in the middle. 
that's that's one of the things I like the most about this group. And I like when yeah. we disagree on things because I like hearing the other perspectives on all this. And I've enjoyed yeah. seeing everybody's perspectives this week, no matter how wrong they all were. <laughs> yeah. So I I like it. I like I like it. But I like it as a as a fan. I like it as Tony mm-hmm. buying something and protecting a legacy that he thinks is important. I think yeah. the streaming content um, is great. I mm-hmm. think. I think the I think it's not as valuable as a lot of people might think because the production quality is so bad and yeah. so much of it. Yeah. That it's not like there it'll mostly be great archival material, which is valuable. Yeah. I think yeah, that's it important. Is. Um and I think it just adds to the number of hours that they have, which is great as they're looking yeah. for a streaming service. And that's the one thing you really need to be able to present to a streaming service is all these hours supported by new content and new yep. content from people that you can go back and watch their old stuff yep. in this. And that's what they have now. Right. With uh, with this ROH uh, deal. I'm not so keen on it being a second promotion. OK. Um, I I just don't I, I just think they're they've worked so hard to build up AEW as a brand and it's a mm-hmm. bigger brand than ROH. Mm-hmm. I think it'll just, I think all it'll do is they, I don't think ROH will get as big as more AEW would. And right. I also think that it will just put a strain on Tony Khan. Cause I don't think he'll know how to delegate. Okay. This brings up a couple of interesting points. Okay. I want to make. Okay. Number one, I really like the idea of ROH as a separate promotion for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Even if it is something called, AEW presents ROH. Yeah. Okay. You and I want to be clear. I like it as a fan. I like the idea yeah. of a fan. Yeah. You're talking about as a business move, right. what benefits them the most. Exactly. And I've seen a lot of ROH is worthless. As in ROH is a promotion is worthless because AEW has more value and ROH went out of business for a reason. And mm-hmm. they did. And that reason is AEW. AEW and New Japan are why ROH went out of business. Yeah. Number one, when AEW debuted, WWE bought up everybody to keep them from AEW. And the people they didn't buy went to AEW. So there was no talent. ROH was the number one indie for dang close to 15 or 20 years. Really close to it. In fact, for years, I didn't understand why F4W and Wrestling Observer didn't cover it more because I wanted to hear about it. I knew I wasn't able to watch it live and I wanted to know what was going on and not just have to hope to pick up a DVD down the road. Mm-hmm. And so there's there was real value in that promotion until all the talent disappeared. Yeah. And I think there's still value there. And I like that Tony Khan, again, like you said, is keeping the legacy alive. And, and who knows? Thing is, I don't know. Like, nobody knows if they're even going to keep ROH going, but I think they should for a couple of reasons. Number one, to get everybody more ring time. You know, um, one of my friends pointed out tonight, there's so many shitty punches on this pay-per-view. And I said, (laughs) that's a recurring thing in AEW. Mm -hmm. He's like, why is that? And I straight up said, I think everybody wrestles once a week, and that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I said, Thunder Rosa is the only person on this roster that I know wrestles multiple times per week they mentioned because, it on the show yeah because i'm here in louisiana so i see all the ads for texas wrestling all mm-hmm. the time i have friends who are wrestlers in texas so i see thunder roses wrestling every week in texas yeah. she was here in oklahoma city not yeah. too long ago and so i think they need a place for people to wrestle i think they need a place to send the anna jays of the world who need uh, a, a refresher 
that's not on mainstream AW. And I think they need a place where they can do this without it reflecting on AW ratings, on AEW title pictures, and where they can kind of do their own thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this in. Like, remember this when we get to the next story we're going to talk about after this. I'm going to bring this back around. And I think an AEW Presents ROH would be perfect for true TV. A lot of people are like, oh, does this come with a Sinclair deal? I don't think AEW gives a single F about Sinclair when they have Warner Media. Warner Media wanted 500,000 viewers on Friday nights, and they've been getting it. It's been slipping a little below, but 480 might as well be 500. That's great. If you look at True TV right now, it is Tacoma FD, it is Impractical Jokers, it is Spike TV, Kevin. It's straight up Spike TV, and Spike TV was perfect for the UFC, it was perfect for Impact. All they want on all they want on True TV is 180,000 viewers an episode. That's their average. And if they could get 180 or 200,000 viewers for a regular ROH show, and potentially some some shows having old footage when really all they're showing is is old footage of three separate shows. There's a cooking show along with Tacoma FD, which my good buddy Jamie Kaler's on, and Impractical Jokers. I think that's the perfect home, and it's just sitting right there waiting for a new program. And I think that would be the place to put it. And um, yeah, I think that would – to me, that's the move if I'm Tony Khan. That's mm-hmm. the move if I'm Warner Media. They get their own branded wrestling program, which has a built-in fan base with the power of AEW behind it. And uh, I think there's some people out there who Tony Khan might be willing to delegate to who would be very interested in running it and helping to create a legacy, not unlike their father, if they did not, in fact, leave AEW, mm-hmm. as people think, and I still think is a complete – absolute work and i'm willing to embarrass myself publicly by saying that kevin i don't think cody's gone at all i never thought cody was gone although i was kind of halfway you were hedging your bets yeah i yeah. was hedging it but i'm here's the and here's you're the full, reason you're I a full-on cody truther now yes i am i i am all in like i am the um oh i am the alex jones of the cody Rhodes conspiracy <laughs> right now and listen everybody's gonna be like no they said they said it's not a work That's what you say when it's a work. Again, Brian Pillman exists. Mm. Brian Pillman's contract and getting released because he was given a real release exists. And this is this is an industry of nothing but carny workers. And again, I think the two people who would actually try and pull off something this audacious are Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes. And again, back to the fact that Cody Rhodes walked away from legitimately. I think it's now up to seven to nine regular paychecks after just having a daughter without having a deal in place with WWE, to mm-hmm. me, that is insanity. I can't imagine a new dad would do that. And the fact that, and I believe that if this is a work, like I'm saying it is, like I'm saying I believe it is, I think he would absolutely go talk to WWE to help build the work. And maybe there's a comeback and maybe Cody, maybe he wants to do something with ROH. Maybe that's a part of this. And I think he's a guy who wants to be able to build that legacy. Because that's part of the storyline is he left because he lost creative control. Maybe Cody Rhodes gets creative control over ROH and tries to build a little bit of legacy right there. I know I'm stretching that a little bit, but mm-hmm. I definitely thought about it. All right. That was a lot. I just, Let me I just go dropped back. a lot on your plate yeah. there, Kevin. My okay. apologies. Let me go back to the True TV thing. Yes. Uh, so... What you're saying is True TV would be a good home 
for mm-hmm. a weekly wrestling show to get 200,000 viewers and it would be better for it to be ROH and not AEW because 200,000 viewers for an AEW show would hurt their it would brand. Look, it would hurt their brand and also all the matches you would have to include in people's in people's right. totals on AEW. It would just be more of the, yeah. Yeah, I think and, you and, need to be able to do it a little different. And my and thinking was always gives that, freedom. Like, for instance, if I don't think this is the case or know this case, mm-hmm. but, you know, people threw it out and I, I wondered myself if, say, for instance, uh, part of the deal was to provide, you know, to continue to provide content to Sinclair for syndication and they had a one hour show. That's highly possible. Then, you know, I was thinking, well, they already have Elevation. They could just take it off of YouTube turn it into a little more of a main event show with some highlight yeah. packages and stuff from control center. Mm-hmm. And you know, they've got an easy show, almost zero production cost addition to what they're already doing. Right. Um, but now that it's on TV ratings matter. Right. So, you know, filling syndication slots is one thing. I have no idea how much ROH gets watched in local markets. Who knows? Yeah. But that makes I'd a lot say of that sense. Somebody knows Dave probably that, knows that having a show that is not, beholden to the bottom line of AEW. And I believe that when they announced, when they made the business announcement that, uh, I don't remember if it was the ROH side, I think it was per Tony Khan's release that it was said that it wasn't bought by AEW. It was mm-hmm. bought by Tony, by a holding company owned by Tony Khan. It's separate. So it is a separate business. And again, if you were doing a show where 200,000 was considered really successful ratings, and it is connected fully to AEW. All the WWE stands out there are going to be talking about, look at AEW getting these horrible ratings. Yeah. And by keeping it separate, that allows you. Also, I think it's a good idea to keep it separate for a couple more reasons. Again, storytelling freedom. You can try shit out. You can try out wild stuff. Um, and number And the other thing is, I like the idea of if you want to try something a little different, like judges in, mm-hmm. in all the main events, Mm-hmm. Try it out there. Pure kind of rules. Like this, yeah, kind of like the deal The Rock just signed for the XFL with the NFL, where they are going to try out potential NFL rule changes in the XFL to see how it works. I like that as a place where you can try stuff out. People can get their match time. It's not going to hurt AEW in the eyes of everybody from for poor ratings because anything you were going to put on True TV or Sinclair, you're not going to get crazy good ratings. You're just not right. going to. And so I think it's a good move on every single level for Tony Khan. I really, really do. See, my theory, my my theory on what the biggest plus of it is, and I will get to Cody in a second, but mm-hmm. my, of the biggest value to me uh, uh, I don't even think the tape library What was if there were some mm-hmm. syndicated slots as part of the deal, not because they're going to be big movers, right? but because it would help them just sort of become omnipresent in nationwide television, yeah. in local homes at time slots. You know, sometimes it might be Saturday morning, sometimes mm-hmm. it be Saturday evening, but it would help them get back to that old model of the kids in your house being aware so that, you know, we yeah. talk about growing up on mid South, like a long-term play. Look, the, the Saturday morning, Friday night, when you look at Sunday, WWE's demographic, mm-hmm. right? They're all 55 and up. Mm-hmm. When did those kids become fans? Yeah. 84. Yeah. Like, so the same fan base has became a fan in the early eighties because of Hulk Hogan went through Hulkamania Went to college around the time of the um, uh, Attitude Era. Yeah. Got married, started having kids, 
got distracted, came back when punk heated up, you know, like you can trace the life of a wrestling fan as the demographic of the WWE. One of, and I one think of, if AEW is smart, mm-hmm. they need to start making plays to start getting kids that, yeah. you know, wake up and, and, and have the Sammy Guevara was my favorite wrestler. I watched a yeah. Darby Allen match that stuck with me and I never, you know, so that the podcast 30 years from now, they'll talk about, you know, the dog collar match. Again, give me, give me a Saturday morning Dan Housen hosted like <laughs> right circus of the most yeah. bizarre. So like give something that looks like Kaiju big battle. But one of my favorite all time Brian Alvarez rants was the fact that when he was 20 years old, the average re- age of wrestling fan was 20. And when he was 30, it was 30 yeah. and so on and so forth. And you're right. You need to start making a play for a brand new audience. And, and that does give you options to do it. Um, and, also, that kind of takes me back to some moves the UFC's made over the years where they have bought companies and put them in time slots for just simply because there were actually new TV stations interested in airing yeah. MMA and uh, and they had an open time slot and they made a deal. And Vince has done this as well to just buy a company, put it in there, put it at that time slot. I actually think that's how the ECW the WWE version of ECW got started was mm-hmm. I think maybe ROH was talking to sci-fi and that's how it happened. I could be wrong on that, but I remember something like that and they just grabbed that time slot or maybe it was impact at the time. Mm-hmm. So I can't go there with you, Cody. I know. I understand that was, listen, I went real far on that. If it happens, real far on that. if anything close to it happens, I will I shout be, from the rooftops. I better be publicly genius. recognized as the new Oracle. Yeah. But yes. no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think he actually left. I know, I, no one's going to agree with me on that, and I'm cool with it. And again, I'm yeah. perfectly willing to be perfectly humiliated over it. I, and then the ROH thing is definitely even a step the, beyond that. I will give you credit. The conspiracy adds up. Thank you. Like I, I can't, that. I can't poke holes in it per se. And I let me tell you, a big part of this is the fact that he is a new dad. It really is, and yeah. the fact that he is now he, gone. Yeah. It's either a great work or he's a horrible business. And there, there's also this, like, okay, Cody's contracts up. They can't work out a deal. Was Brandy's two contracts up? Because I don't think right. they were. Right. Is she just leaving out of solidarity? Is she literally giving up two high-paying jobs out of solidarity? Because her husband's leaving and when they have a brand new kid, it makes no sense to me. And again, when you add up all these paychecks, like if they're just Mm -hmm. two or three hundred thousand dollars per paycheck, two hundred thousand dollars, this is millions of dollars of money they're giving Mm -hmm. up between the two of them. Between the two of them. There's no way WWE is matching that. And even if they do, that's the only place that can match it, because I don't think Cody wants to leave his daughter behind to go to New Japan. because That's the only other company that can give him any kind of real salary. He did his he did his 18 months. And it's Cody that I don't think he ever wants to do that again. And, and, And when you talk about, okay, let's say they were making a combined. Let's go crazy. Let's say three million a year combined between the two of them. Every deal they had. They've now. I bet it had to be more than that, though. It probably had to be. They've now potentially gone months with no income. Months. Mm -hmm. Like, this has been going on a month now, um, minimum. And uh, to me, 
that just makes no sense. Again, if he would have shown up in WWE or gotten signed by WWE immediately, even if he didn't show up for months, it does make sense. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out how this decision makes sense for somebody who I know isn't a dumb guy in in Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Like, how does this make sense for where he is in his life right now if he doesn't have that deal set with WWE? That's, That's where I keep getting hung up. I, I get hung up on that. I, I, ju- I just, I buy more into Cody Rhodes being so um, self-assured, self-assured that like he got himself. himself into a bad shape, bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, this is the, the best work in history. Yeah, that's no, it, listen, that's what I want everybody to understand. I don't think this is just a normal work that happens all the time. If this does turn out to be a work, it's legitimately the best work in history. It's that and Brian Pillman getting getting Eric Bischoff to give him a legitimate yeah. release to claim he's been released. That's, that's and the then, current champ. Yeah. Yeah, that's the champ. And this would be the only thing that's ever been done that would come close. And again, I think these are the two guys who would do it. And I'm probably wrong. Yeah. I'm probably wrong. But man, they well. I think it's in the realm of possibility. The end, and the end result could be the same, even yeah. even if it wasn't the plan from the beginning. That's true. Even, even if there was a, you know, uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. You yeah. know, um, maybe this isn't the best deal. Hey, if you come back, you know, let's work mm-hmm. together on this kind of thing. Yeah, it it uh, it's it seems it. None of it adds up, no matter which no. way you look at it. And one last thing I want to throw out here. One last thing on this mm-hmm. is um, if ROH does to become WWE's, or, I'm sorry, AEW's NXT, which uh-huh. currently NXT is currently AEW's right. NXT. <laughs> yeah. If it does become that, William Regal, potentially Samoa Joe, yeah. man, you've got everybody you need to run a company, mm-hmm. to develop talent. You've got everybody. Clearly, Dustin Rhodes is doing some work with QT Marshall, mm-hmm. the Nightmare Factory, with with the products they've been putting out. You got everything you need right now to to make that happen. Like it's already you already have the people. Mm-hmm. So I do I'm like excited. the idea of them building a developmental brand, if not a full promotion. Yeah, and that's I don't, the thing is even even if it's not a TV product, even if mm-hmm. they continue it just the way it was, basically a DVD company. Mm-hmm. I mean, AEW is just a T-shirt company, so why not have a DVD right. company as well? <laughs> I mean, it was successful. It was a model that worked yeah. for a lot of years until AEW took all the talent. And now right. they'll have access to a lot of that talent. Yeah. I mean, when ROH was at their peak, their stars were Adam Cole, mm-hmm. the Young Bucks, Hangman Page. Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson uh, before Sam, that. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, the early days, Brian Danielson. Uh, and Claudio. Uh, like when they were making their most money, when everyone thought, oh, they're really going to yeah. break through, it was Cody, the Bucks, mm-hmm. yeah. Hangman Page, and Adam Cole yeah. uh, were the top stars. And, uh, you know, AJ Styles would come through every once in a while. But, uh, yeah. And so it, it, I, I. Now. Go ahead. Now that they have All In back, they have they own All In. Do you think All In could become the fifth pay per view per year for AEW? Maybe bookend with All In, All Out. I well, not bookend, but you get what I'm saying. Right. Every six months, one of them. 
I don't know about a full pay-per-view, but I could see them making like the go-home show to All Out. And if they keep doing All Out in Chicago, I could see them mm-hmm. doing like All In on Saturday night. It's a good idea. Like, yeah. like a Saturday night, Sunday, and just keep working on that as a destination right. uh, program. Now, one of the things that I don't want to get lost in the shuffle, because we have, I mean, this is a big show, Kevin. Like, we, we're right. talking about a pay-per-view that we just watched, the purchase of ROH, the Cody Rhodes, God knows what's going on there. Right. Um, I, I want to talk about the match on Rampage. I want to talk about yeah. the three-way, like that, the... the who okay, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Andrade Ali Low. Yeah. Again, I watched the, I watched that that show Sunday morning. I always watch Saturday or Sunday. And, and I'd heard it was good, but man, was that thing good. That was a fantastic match. I think it had to be match of the week for me before the pay-per-view. It might still be match of the week for me. When I go back, I don't know. I'd- it's it's the thing is. It's worth it's part of the conversation and yeah. that's important. Like right. it was so good. We're still thinking about that. And for me, I watched them all the same day, and I agree with you. I think it's I think it's in the discussion. And that's a big deal for a rampage match. It's like the first match on rampage. I had a thought when I was watching because the when I when I was watching it, I thought, oh my gosh, why wasn't this on the pay-per-view? This should have yeah. been on the pay-per-view instead of that. Uh, trios tornado match. Yeah, that was before yeah. I saw the trios tornado match, and it was Which awesome. Surprisingly, it was, it was perfect good. for what it Didn't was. It. Uh, especially where it was placed. Yeah, but so I I wouldn't say that now. But as I had that thought, I thought, you know what? I kind of really like the idea of the weeks of pay per views being like championship week. Yeah, and the TBS title gets defended on Dynamite mm-hmm. the Wednesday before a pay per view, and the TNT gets title gets defended on Friday before the pay-per-view. Yeah, I like it would kind of spread it out where you don't have too many title matches on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It does occasionally keep it from... And I like know, that Sammy was the one guy not defending his title on the pay-per-view, so they right. had him defend it the day be- the two days before. Right. And I love that. I like them. I like the idea of them spreading it out. And it would also, uh, it would also kind of appeal to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is... Uh, you know, the show's just being too loaded and they're just, you know, like we said, it's the all you can eat buffet and they just won't yeah. let you stop eating until. You- yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I wanted to tell you, because I'm going to tie this in. Um, Texas Day, Brazil. Yeah. Most, like Texas Day, Brazil, you've got a little card. One right. side's green, one one side's red. When you turn it to the red side, they don't bring you food anymore. In theory, uh, for most yeah. people, they don't bring the food. They look at me, Kevin. Every time I've been to Texas Day, Brazil, yeah. they keep it coming. They're coming to the table. Like, this guy, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He clearly doesn't know how this works. That's on red. And that's how I feel like AEW is like whether I want right. more food or not. It's no, going it's, down my throat and right. I'm going to be. I look, I'm a man. I'm a large man. I can take it. Yeah. But my God, am I worn out at the end? And I do think this is a problem I've been talking about with friends. Yeah. For almost a year now, I think very close yeah. to a year and something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It's something, you know, I've. I mentioned it last week. I think I mentioned earlier in the show or maybe just on the pre-show mm-hmm. that I'm planning on going to uh, double or nothing in Vegas. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Um, and when my wife and I were playing the trip, she agreed like she'll go to her first ever wrestling show, which is super mm-hmm. exciting and shows that she loves me dearly, even though she hates wrestling. Right. But, uh, you know, we had an option of when to plan the trip. And I was like, well, I know I, I've got to go to double or nothing. Right. That, yeah. For me, that's not an option. For her, I kind of wish we were going to the live rampage. 
Oh yeah. Because I would kind of rather her experience be, you know, a nice three hour show Mm -hmm. with like a 2.0 match and, you know, some dark and elevation and, you know, some, you know, Dante Martin jumping through the air and then like a really great main event with like, you know, probably less chance of, you know, of barbed tax. wire, less the chance tax, of some tax, tax yeah. in the hoochie and all that. Yeah. And hoochie tax. <laughs> because oh, I was watching tonight and I was sitting there. You're you know, thinking what I was is thinking this was the, the future. show? What would what would we watching this live in the theater, you know, in, in the in event? And I'm like, man, five hours for someone who's never been to a wrestling show it's and doesn't even like it. That's going to test our marriage. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> uh, and and then like I, just being here at home. Mm hmm. Uh, with the wife and kids around the house, I was very self-conscious about that dog collar match. Mm-hmm. And even the Moxley, you know, because it was like, oh, I just, like I said, I'm resensitized to this it. It's going to change the way they view me as a person. Right. Like they say, yeah. why do you, what, what is it that you like about this? You know, yeah. was this a, a streak that we thought you were a nice man, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, hey, listen to this Brian Danielson interview because he's a nice guy too, but he loves the violence. He loves the violence. The, like, okay, this is going to probably alienate some people, but I was a Nick at Night kid growing up. And I'll, I remember the first night that Nickelodeon became Nick at Night after like 6 p.m. And I was there. I was watching. And there was an old show that hardly anybody's ever heard of called Car 54, Where Are You? Yeah, I remember that. And there was an episode of Car 54, Where Are You? Where these people came to Officers Tootie and Muldoon, the stars of the show. And basically this this nice man, this sweet, wonderful human being who's a hairdresser had been boxing and they wanted him to stop boxing because he got so violent. And so Tootie and Muldoon try and help and they set him up with like a pro boxer and he kills the guy. Then they set him up with this other pro boxer and he kills the guy. Mm. And then they, for what, like they, they basically talk him in to, to quitting boxing. And the next thing you know, they're back at his hair salon and he is just being mean to the women, berating them. And you realize the whole reason he's such a nice guy is he got the violence out of his system in the ring Oh, yeah, this is after they set him up and they they basically set up like um, Sugar Ray Robinson in an old man costume to beat him up. And then they had to convince him to get back in the ring. So he quit berating the old women. And I think it's probably a similar thing maybe with you, Kevin. You got to get it out of your system. You got to have the blood feuds. Right. Keep such an even keel throughout the rest of the week. That's I think I've learned a lot about myself tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your weekly car 54 story. Tune in (laughs) next week for more. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Well, this was a good this was a good week of wrestling in general on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we have the rest of the matches listed? I don't think we do. I don't think I copied them in. Well, there was a lot going on. There was so much going on this week. Yeah. Mostly what I remember from last week is that last go home segment with Punk. Yeah. You know what? We don't don't need to go over it all. We we talked about the best match of the week on free TV. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we really need to do should have been on dynamite this week. There's like ROH, Cody, Revolution. Those are the big stories. Uh, One thing we can get back to, though, is um, where we think we're we're going moving forward. That's something we talked about with uh, with Jeff and Paul. And I'm kind of with Jeff and I don't think we need to know going in. That's something to think about laying in bed at night and mm-hmm. getting ready for dynamite on Wednesday. But uh, mm-hmm. that is interesting is where we're going to go from here um, with the titles. No clue on Adam Page. No clue what's next for that. Yeah, no clue with any of them, really, because like maybe Thunder. Like, I do think the Thunder Rosa thing will get extended into San Antonio. Yeah. Um, 
And I think AEW would. I think they. I think they would change the title on free TV. I think they've done it a number of times with different belts. I think belts, they would. And I think I, they're planning yeah. on it. It's a shame that they didn't make the. I, w- I wish they'd done more of a screw job tonight to yeah. to make it feel like really an injustice that like, she lost. I really liked the fact that she kept getting the pin and nobody was there to 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 make to to count it. Yeah, and that led to her violently absolutely violently attacking reba and yeah. uh and attacking jamie and um and so i felt like that was kind of enough but you're right it, they need to they need to go it doesn't need to be too subtle and i think i think AEW does suffer i think it was a little too, a little subtle. too yeah. subtle a mm-hmm. lot of times um let's see with uh and then with it i'm really interested to see who's going to end up beating jade cargill for that uh that TBS championship, you know, it might just be something that's so far in the future we don't even need to worry about it. Yeah. They don't need to worry about it. I don't think they're I don't think they're planning on doing anything with that anytime yeah. soon. I think no matter what the no matter where people are in the ratings, I think Ty Conti and Chris Statlander are kind of like the gatekeepers to the title picture. Mm-hmm. They're kind of your top. They're your top baby faces who aren't champions outside of Thunder Rosa, who's clearly in the title picture beyond them. And and we should we saw tonight Jade app Jade beat Ty Conti clean, and um, yeah I think if well I was gonna say that I thought Britt would carry the title all the way to to double or nothing, double or nothing. So she'd have a one year reign, mm-hmm. but I think you're right though I think I think the whole thing is pointing to Thunder. Um, I don't you know it's interesting uh, uh, Tony Khan and the media. Uh, media call. I think it was in the media call. Mm-hmm. I saw. I didn't listen to it, but I saw quotes and stuff that um, that he said that a whole bunch of new stories were going to be set up at Double or Nothing. Yeah, and I didn't really pick up on it too much. I mean, obviously, at Revolution the, or I, Double or Nothing. I'm sorry, at Revolution. Okay, yeah. Obviously, didn't the, see a lot of them. Didn't the, see a I lot mean, of the Regal Moxley Danielson is a pretty big one. Yeah. Now that is a big one, and also like he he did say there was a lot of surprises coming. That would be Swerve and mm-hmm. William Regal, and really excited about both of those. Um, another story that got revealed is the Wardlow, the Wardlow deal is in. He's kind of he's kind of turned on mm-hmm. MJF, not a full turn, but like a seventy five percent turn. So and I'm he's thinking- going to be leading, and that's going to be leading into this match. And and I think you guys are right. I think MJF is going to possibly demand the shot or the title one of the other one or the other i could see him also being a deal where um they send out spears to cost him the match because he can't stand the fact of him winning i i I think that's going to happen i think either spears or mjf is going to get directly involved and keep him from taking it at this moment and then we're going to get that turn where it's going to be wardlow versus mjf for a little while And, and and we talked about in the pre-show, we all we I think we all picked MGF winning, maybe if yeah, not. I think we all picked. I didn't think that. Uh, I disagreed with the whole MGF getting the title at Double or Nothing. Hey, mm. pump it up. She's telling me that we're <laughs> nearing the end here, but uh, I absolutely thought MGF was winning this match. That was the, the biggest shock of the night for me. I think if he, I think if he were, if they were wanting to him to become a world title contender, I don't think tonight ruined it. I don't think he could jump no. right into it. Yeah. But he could have this whole side feud with Wardlow. Yeah. Um 
for a few months and then just build right back up. And within, you know, six months or so, yeah. or even I bet he could by double nothing still find his way in. And that's the big thing with AEW is when we think we're going to get something, it's usually still six months away. We've had that yeah. with Wardlow. We've had that with so many things right. with the Cody potential heel turn, everything. Nothing happens when you think it's going to happen, but it'll eventually, it eventually will. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I, I didn't think. Again, I didn't think Jurassic Express was going to lose, and I didn't think MJF was going to be he- like in the main. It, it like it still feels like it's six months away to me, or a year away. Mm-hmm. And may- thing is, it, it it probably should happen sooner. I think it should. I think they might be waiting a little long because I don't think you're going to get any hotter than he's been. Like I don't think you can put together a better story than these two guys have done on television. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, and if you can, who who is out there to do it with? You know, yeah. and I don't know. They could, I, I don't know if they're going to keep going with Punk in them because that was a pretty good blow off. And yeah, uh, I think in the pre-show they talked about like where uh, I think Jeff asked, like, you know, where could they go once you've done a dog collar match? Like, where could they go? Yeah. And the only answer I could think of was an I quit match because yeah. they because they've had so much in the story about you quit on me. Right. That that I'm going to make you quit again. Um, but they were kind of doing I quit spots in the dog collar match with yeah. the microphone and everything. I mean, they were doing yeah. straight out of Flair Funk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I'm excited to see where we're going to go from this. Um, wh- okay. I never can keep the dates of pay-per-view straight in my head. Was there a pay-per-view between All Out and this and Revolution? Or was All Out last? Full gear. Full gear. Okay. Was where, yeah, page, where Page won the title. That's right. We have had a really, really strong run of pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and again, like I will always remember all out because of the huge things that happened there. But when we get down to it, when when Dave's star ratings come out, when we start thinking about our ratings for these matches, it could be it could end up being higher overall, uh, maybe even than all out, which in my mind is the best pay-per-view I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I think that. The I think thing all out still bigger. I think the thing that makes all that bigger was the was the more the surrounding events. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And, and the fact that it, the way it ended, mm-hmm. I think it, people didn't feel as exhausted because they were so exhilarated by yeah. the what was happening with the four big yeah. debuts. And that's just that's basically an adrenaline shot right into the heart. Yeah. You know, and by the way, like if Tony Khan, this is something I never thought I would say. If Tony Khan ever decides to do like a two hour dynamite, there's nothing but debuts. I think I'm ready for it. I think I'm here for it. <laughs> At this point, just give me debuts. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I always want more debuts when we get some. Uh, well, he's going to be doing the ROH Supercard of Honor uh, WrestleMania weekend in Dallas. I, I oh guess technically God. you could say that's. That's the first AEW. Yeah. Kind of show. Yeah. At a at one of these events. And and I think most of us believe that Jonathan Gresham is signed or about to be signed. He was backstage recently. I think he's in the main event against Bandito. Um, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen there. Also, um, Tony Khan has not seemed that interested in signing the Briscoes. Is it because he was already working out this deal with ROH and wants could the be. Briscoes there? Mm-hmm. And could could we get the FTR feud then? Maybe. You know, I can't see FTR doing all the work they've done on Twitter without knowing that there was going to be a payoff. Yeah. And without, you know, and so maybe they did know there's going to be payoff, but it's going to be in ROH. And 
Yeah. I'm okay with AEW lending talent, but I don't want that to be all like going on all the time. Maybe lend some talent for a couple Just of kind of rotate them through super shows. Yeah. Rotate them through again. Like tonight we had no FTR. We had no proud and powerful. And that those were noticeable absences. Like if so you're going to give somebody, if somebody wants, you know, if somebody's just finished a major deal, mm-hmm. let them go have a, you know, let them go have a month run in ROH just to yep. refresh, get some new ideas, that sort of thing. Not necessarily saying I'd do that right now, but I was mm-hmm. just thinking like there's AW has a lot of guys like Christian, like Christian's been this manager for a while. And I'm wondering, is that because he's injured potentially or mm-hmm. they just don't have anything else for him? He's too big a part of, of this Jurassic Express storyline. I think it's the latter probably, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they could do a whole other pay-per-view with just people that weren't on the show and it wouldn't be a bad show. No, no, absolutely. You could put together one heck. You know what? Kevin, you just ensured what I'm going to be doing in bed tonight. Instead of reading my book like I wanted to, <laughs> I'm going to be laying there with plaid, pencil and powerful in the main event. Yeah, yeah. That I'm. I will report back to everyone next week with my math, with my my lineup right. for that pay per view. Can I include Danhausen since he only cursed someone? Yes. Okay, I appreciate that. So, anything else you want to hit before we wrap it up? We're an hour and forty three minutes so. in. Man, this, this is a day. This was this has been a heck of a day. This is my AEW Sunday, and I've loved every yeah. second of it. Uh, so listen, everybody, I think this show is coming out tonight, so we need to wrap it up. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. Make sure and check out the Dynamite show every Wednesday. Um, I think we're going to be back with video next week because I figured out a big technical problem I've been fighting with. Can't wait to talk to you all, all next Monday. Have a great night, everyone. And uh, hopefully we're going to have we're going to find out what's next for all these AEW champions this Wednesday.